It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. My partner, Dan Bickley, in December, likes to talk about zombie football in the NFL. Well, that phenomenon when non-contending teams that may or may not have a lot of injuries rest players in games that don't mean much because the playoffs can't be attained. Yesterday, in many of the 15 games in the NBA on the final day of the regular season, we saw zombie basketball, including right here in Phoenix. I get it. Why would Monty Williams subject any of his players to injury with absolutely nothing to gain right before the playoffs started? Suns dressed only nine players in their 119-114 loss to the Clippers. It was a valiant effort by the guys in the purple that came up short. What didn't make that much sense was the zombie-like effort put forth by the Clippers in a game that did mean something to them. When the ball was tossed, the Clippers needed a win to stay in contention for the fifth seed. A loss would have put them in jeopardy of finishing sixth or even seventh, which would have plopped them right into the Western Conference play-in tournament. Hopefully we'll see more of the zombie Clippers starting Sunday because that's when the first round series between the Suns and L.A. gets underway. The Suns will have close to full health for its core four players in Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. The Clippers will start the series without Paul George, whose status for the postseason return is up in the air. This will be the third time in franchise history that the Suns will face the Clippers in the playoffs. They disposed of them in seven games in the Western Conference semis in 2006, and then in six games, of course, in the Western Conference finals in 2021. I honestly don't know at this point what to expect to see from the Suns, who are still undefeated when Kevin Durant plays. What I do know is that this 82-game roller coaster couldn't end soon enough. Four seed, check. Home court in the first round, check. Let the playoffs begin. Vinny's View is presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. I just think having a plan in place is something that we've had from the weight room, um, the training room, and on the floor. You know, we've been looking at this period of time for a while, and so uh, we have a plan, and you can adjust the plan when you need to, but I think the guys have bought into what we feel is a good way to move forward, um, planning out light days, moderate days, and then you know we're going to have a chance to look at scrimmage days and see how it goes. And um, I think that's something that uh, we all value is the ability to plan for opportunities like this. We didn't come up with this plan yesterday or the day before. It's been in, in the making for a while. And so I think the guys – Everybody in the organization is bought into that, and we feel good about where we are. Yeah, it's one of the difficulties, Bick, of, of yeah. locking up one of the top six seeds is mm-hmm. you get put on hold now with this play-in tournament. It, it, it's exciting, yeah, but it's not exactly advantageous for the for the top six teams in each conference. And that's what, you know, the Suns are one of those 12 teams that are in that boat right, right now. Right, uh, and so, so to me, I agree with everything you said in Vinny's view. I, I do think that when you look at the way the Suns kind of scripted this thing out, um, 
you could say a lot of different things. I had, like I said earlier, I had conflicting emotions yesterday as I was watching a game that nobody really seemed to really want to win that game near the end of it. Mm-hmm. And and part of me really wanted Golden State in the first round because I want to see that series so desperately. Um, and we may not get it. They may not be alive. Who knows what's going to happen to them? The earliest you're going to meet them would be in the conference finals. But then I had to keep just checking myself and saying, look, it, 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 that will be a perfect Western Conference Finals. This is what you want to get this thing started because even though the Suns are 8-0 with Kevin Durant, are they tested? There's a real valid question underneath all of this because the two games that should have been the real test for this basketball team, the two games against the Nuggets, the Nuggets coughed up both both of them. Rested four starters once, rested five starters the second time. Mm-hmm. And... and so the Suns did what they had to do, and the Suns put themselves in position where they could roll into this weekend and say, "You know what? We're good. We don't. We no. We're good. We don't oh, need to play anybody." Even we're gonna, if you go back early yeah. to the, the fir- one of the first games that Kevin Durant played that that Sunday game against Dallas, you look at that and it was like, "Wow!" In, in real time, it was a good win. Mm-hmm. Dallas folded up shop. Yep, uh, they're a disaster, and they should be ashamed of themselves. In fact, <laughs> to the point where they're the example. The NBA is investigating how they handled their roster over the last weekend of the season uh, with a playoff or a play-in spot on the line. Nothing will come of it, because what can come of it? Mm -hmm. But they're the example that's being made right now by the league. Yes, that's exactly right. And it's shameful. So even that win, not that great. Yeah, and and because the fact that they were tanking, they purposely pulled the plug on a potential play-in berth because because of a protected draft pick. So there's something very tangible um, behind the tanking, which makes it seem, I think, a little more um, egregious to the league. I'm not sure it is. I mean, if if you if you saw if you know how broken that Mavericks team is, then you know that team wasn't going anywhere anywhere. So, uh, it, to me, the league has got a real real issue. This this basketball season, I saw a stat at the end of last week, and I mentioned it to you. There is a greater number of all stars who miss games this past season than ever before, and it's not even close. So the usage, the the best players in basketball are playing less than ever before. Mm-hmm. And these games matter less than ever before. So so the Phoenix Suns have done exactly the opposite of what they did last year when they won 64 regular season games, won the West by eight games. It was basically a landslide, lost their edge, and were very vulnerable once the postseason began. Well, look at it. I mean, just from year to year, 64 to 45, that's a 19-game difference this year. And yet... The Suns are probably in much better shape, better position to win a championship yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Although I still like I'm not lying when I say I don't know what to expect. No, nobody does, because no the team. Good teams haven't come at this group. No, yet. that's true. And even in this first series, the Clippers mentality is weird. Tyron Lou, the uh, head coach yesterday said, uh, I'm not talking about this game. It's over. We're in the playoffs, and I want to focus on that. We didn't have our best game. We know that, but we have to focus on the bigger picture, and we know that. They were another team yesterday that had two teammates going at it on the bench (laughs) in Bones Highland and Mason Plumley. You know, miscommunicating. No, right. And Lou talked about it after the game and said, after that spat, we played better. Maybe we should have done that earlier. Kawhi Leonard sounded defeated in his postgame uh his post game quotes too. Um, we're not there yet. 
That is the challenge we still have. They score the ball, pass, play both ends. We just have to give it our all. Talked about the season. It's been difficult. What happened during the season? Guys getting injured. Now Paul is out. Like I said, we just have to buy in and see how it goes. It yeah. doesn't sound like a very confident bunch. No, no, it really doesn't. And that's why that's why I think this is the perfect, perfect first round matchup for the Suns. And I and I think if you win your first couple of home games, I think they're gonna collapse. And I think this is gonna be very fortuitous in the long run. But that's just me. Um, so I think the Suns, even though it was a little grimy the way that that all everything went down over the weekend and and I mentioned this earlier Monty Williams not substituting in the fourth period Josh Okoji left with a uh, an injury um I'm sorry Ish Wainwright yes 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 um that to me, that's that's a coach who's not trying to win the game. And Ty, Tyron Lue even said after the game, you could tell that near the end of the game, the Clippers were kind of like, should we really be trying to score here? And it was just bizarre, man. Yeah, it you was, were there. You saw it. It was all strange. It was so There was bizarre. a weird energy in the building all day. <laughs> yeah. Like fans wanted to get excited, but yeah. how, how excited could they get? Right. It was weird. And, the, and then in the midst of it, you had this wonderful halftime ceremony, which we're going to get into in a little bit, that honored Al McCoy. And so there's, so there's, the, so there's that element of death. Destiny, is this going to happen this year for this man who's been around 51 years in his last year? Could you think of a better ending? No. No. <laughs> I can't. Right? So there's that, and then there's the level of atonement, because let's not kid ourselves here. Devin Booker's playoff reputation, Chris Paul's playoff reputation, Monty Williams' playoff reputation. They're all on the line again. Mm-hmm. They're all on the line again. It all gets magnified. Oh, yeah. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. A uh, big mention of being grimy for the Suns. There was a lot of grime around the NBA, but now the playoff picture is set. We'll get into the grime and the bracket straight ahead. It's Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, 82 games in the books. The playoff bracket is set. Of course, we talked a lot about the uh, Phoenix Suns as the number four seed in the West, taking on the number five seed, the Clippers. Second time in the last three years, they'll face each other in the playoffs. But there are some uh, potentially juicy first-round matchups, mm-hmm. including one in the Western Conference that I am fascinated by. I'm fascinated on two fronts on the 3-6 matchup in the West, Bick. All right. Sacramento against Golden State. We've touched on Golden State. Defending champions. They have floundered for much of the year. You want to talk about a team that didn't go through the motions yesterday. They were playing a team, you know, made up of guys wearing Portland Trailblazer uniforms. Yeah. But for them to come out and score 55 points in the first quarter. Yeah. To hit 12 three-pointers, to hit 27 for the game. That was a bit of a statement and a reminder sure to the rest of the league. Like, hey, we're still here, by the way. Yeah. But on the flip side of that matchup, no team in the NBA in previewing the playoffs has been more disrespected than the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. We've been very consistent this year. They're the three seed. They're in the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. And I don't think anybody on God's green earth is giving the Kings a chance to beat the Golden State Warriors. No, I I think you're right about that. I think it's interesting that according to Vegas odds makers, the Suns are favored to get out of the West, even with what uh, the Warriors have done as of late, even with LeBron James putting a uh, pretend crown on his head yesterday, a moment I know that you absolutely adored. Um, I think it's the lamest thing any individual can do on a basketball court. 
in game 82 to avoid the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. He's very I, proud not, of himself, I'm Vinny. I'm not doubting LeBron's career. Obviously, it's been highly decorated, and he's one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. But you're putting a crown on to rescue your team from the play-in tournament? I, I, talking about how great it is to be over 500? Yeah, I saw, Get I, over yourself. Yeah, yeah, I saw an interview with him over the weekend, and he seems very proud of himself, and he seems very proud of, of the turnaround with the Lakers, and and that is one thing I will not be ready for. That's That, to me, is my nightmare scenario. If somehow things happen. You, you know how I feel about this. I want the Suns just to get a real swing of the bat at this. Just give them health. No BS. And if they if they get beat by a better team, if they're not battle tested this year, so be it. Uh, but the one thing I can't deal with is LeBron and the Lakers coming out of the West. So that on my wish list, that's pretty high up. I don't want to see them advance. So and as it's funny, they're they've got a play in game against the Timberwolves, a Timberwolves <laughs> team where Rudy Gobert just swung at a teammate, Kyle Anderson. And they had another player, Jaden McDaniels, who did a really good job defending KD the last time they played. Busted his hand punching a wall. Yeah, so he's out for the rest of the playoffs. There's some uncertainty on Rudy Gobert's availability. Let me ask you this. Do you think punching a wall has ever been a good proposition for the one doing the punching? No. Somebody has a wall ever lost? <laughs> the wall is undefeated. I think the wall is undefeated. It's <laughs> such a bad idea. And so that's the train wreck team that the Lakers are going to draw in a play-in format. But but for the Lakers, again, I saw, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of smug satisfaction LeBron is heaping on himself for saving the season and spinning it and flipping it. And here we go. Now, if a teammate wants to come up and put a crown on you, that's, that's fine. one thing. That's fine. Cr- yeah. Crowning yourself. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it's, that's very LeBron-esque. He's the, LeBron-esque. He's, he's the, the best. best, isn't he? Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> so, you know, this is it's going to be fascinating because, like you said, if, if the Kings take care of the Warriors, um, this will be quite a fortuitous break because if you think about it, yeah, the Kings could pull this off in the first round. You worry about a team like Sacramento if they can really stack playoff series victories without the experience, without the really sure. A-level superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so this, the, the, if if you're cheering for Golden State to lose, they got their hands full, and and there's going to be pressure on them. And Golden State, one of the big questions about them was their inability to win games on the road this year. Uh, they won two over the weekend. And yes, it was against Sacramento mm-hmm. and against a very marginalized Portland team. But they finished the year with 11 road wins, mm-hmm. I believe is the total. Yeah. I wonder if there's ever been a team that's been a legit NBA Finals contender with that few road wins. Well, this season. and but, and I think that that was the that was sort of what they were expressing with that first quarter yesterday. That they are saying we are team light switch. That we can fu- we can flick this switch when we want to. We'll find out. I mean, uh, yeah, I I would say the answer to your question is no. I I doubt an NBA champion has ever been that bad on the road ever. And I, look, those two the last two wins have asterisks by them. Portland gets into shutdown mode every time, every year at this time. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Um, the, and and they don't just shut it down and lose games and give good efforts. They lose by fifty six points like they did yesterday. Uh, the series in the East that's already set that I think is is going to be very interesting is three against six there too. Philadelphia against Brooklyn. Now Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. Extended his streak. He played in every game this year. 83 games. 83 games. We played in, <laughs> in the game for four seconds uh-huh. yesterday. 
before he uh, before he checked out. Yeah, and I think that the Nets are kind of a, a wild card in all of this. We we got a tweet from a listener that's like, "Why is Mikel Bridges not in the MVP race? He basically took two teams to the playoffs." And look, you're not going to find many people on planet Earth that love Mikel Bridges more than me. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic player and a great guy. Mm-hmm. The Nets had a better record before that trade went down. Their winning percentage went down after they traded Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So we can pump the brakes on the MVP talk uh, for, for Mikel Bridges. Uh, He's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, you, no, you, I agree with you. I, I don't think it, it's the sample size isn't big enough. I don't. No, yeah, no, no. It's 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 not it's not been that impactful. But Philadelphia is a team that has underachieved in the playoffs mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. They have individual players who've been accused of underachieving in the playoffs, and Embiid to a degree. Certainly, James Harden is wearing that well, that, that pressure of of playoff performance. And Joel Embiid is going to be wearing the MVP pressure that often befalls players. Yes. Who are you, are you calling it? Who get the? It's uh, over. Yeah, I think he's getting the I award. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was done a couple weeks ago. Did you have a dream about it? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. if so, let's talk let's off talk the air. About it, right, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so we got the play-in game starting tomorrow. Suns and Clippers will be the uh, last series to tip off. Uh, I'm expecting that to be the case. They haven't announced times yet. But when you look at those games that are scheduled for Sunday, a game in Phoenix on a Sunday night appears to be... In our the, future. The, the most yeah. probable yeah. outcome. The grind begins, Yes, Vinny. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. More thoughts and more big story breakdown. Coming up next, the Rush Hour Reboot with Sarah Cazell. Straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone. Here on Bigley Emirata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We go through the top stories of the day every single day at this time, including peeps, good or bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, not a fan. Yeah, no. That's that's two no votes. Uh, I'll make it three unanimous. no votes. Yes, Lauren. Four no votes. Oh, thank goodness. All right, we can we can proceed with the actual sports news of the day. We get you caught up, like I said, every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with the refreshed, the rested, typically hey. with Vince Murata. Oh. And Lauren Koval, who is in for Jarrett Carlin for the next couple of days. Hello, Lauren. Hello, everybody. Hi. (laughs) All right. The Suns regular season is done. They finished it out with a loss at home yesterday, 119-114 to the Clippers. But I don't think anyone is too torn up about the loss because that means they got their desired first round playoff opponent, the Clippers, uh, starting next Sunday. The Suns' core four sat out the past couple of games, so Saban Lee of the Valley of Corona del Sol, he took the reins yesterday and scored a team-high 25 points. Here's Monty Williams after the game on the growth of Saban Lee. Saban is a guy that we can go 
go so far as to say I'd, I'd throw him out there in a the playoff game, but I wouldn't be afraid because of his ability to get to the basket and his toughness. And those are things that you need this time of the year. A guy that can go out there and carry out your standards, even when he hasn't played a ton. And you can see the improvement from the last game to this game. When he gets a chance to play, he can be productive. All right, let's give out some season end awards, guys. I'm looking for a team MVP, the sixth man of the year, and the most improved, all for the Suns. All right, so uh, so to me, the MVP, I think, is obviously Devin Booker, right? Can't, can't is, there, is there any doubt about that? Uh, you could make a, a case for Mikel Bridges, but he's not here anymore. <laughs> Mikel Bridges kind of held down the, the, held down the ship for, yeah, held down the a good fort point. for a while. But, that's a good point. Uh, uh, so who do you got for the sixth man, Vinny? I know he's been in the starting lineup as of late, mm-hmm. but you got to give it to Josh Okogie, right? Yeah. He won the Marley Hustle Award yesterday. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. He's been it's a constant be source of defense. You know, the shot has been up and down, but uh, he's come off the bench most of the year. I'd give yep. it to him. Most improved. Hmm. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yes. Because Ish Wainwright was that guy for a while. I think Josh Akogi could be that guy for a while. Damian yeah. Lee was that guy for a while. Akogi might be the answer for both of those. Could be. There was no expectations on Zero. Josh Akogi. Oh, yeah. Akogi and really wasn't playing a role for this team early. And, and now he's going to be a starter on the favorite to get out of the Western Conference, at least according to Vegas. Yeah. That's Akogi pretty wins two awards. Wow. Two out of three. Not bad, Josh Akogi. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess three out of four. Oh. That's delightful. All right. Start that? (laughs) (laughs) I like that, actually. All right. So the Suns got the Clippers in the first round. Uh, We've all dubbed them kind of the the best case scenario for the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs. Assuming Paul George remains out, still haven't really seen much information about when he might be able to come back um, from his leg injury. The fan base, pretty happy about this matchup. Hey, it's not the Warriors, but... How easy do you guys think this series actually will be against the Clippers? I'm not. I'm not uh, attaching easy to this at all. I think. I think it's going to be for them. Really? Yes, I do. I do. I, I don't think the Clippers are ready for this. I don't think they're built for this. I don't trust. A lot's going to be made about how Russell Westbrook's playing Kevin Durant for the first time. Mm. I, I just think. I, I just think that even though the Suns haven't been tested, that that might actually work in the Suns' favor. I think. I just don't think the Clippers are a match for the Suns. And I, I hope I'm right. But that's the I way I feel. I hope you're right, too. That's I go back I to the experience two years ago when they met in the Western Conference Finals. And it was a weird series for the Suns. They didn't have Chris Paul at the beginning of it. And that was the, the, the Valley Oop series. Yeah. And so many of the pieces for these two rosters are different from what they were in that series. But one thing remains that Ty Lu was able to push the right buttons for a good portion of that series and make things really tough on the Suns in terms of adjustments. Mm. Uh, they do have some depth. I think ultimately not having Paul George will be their, their undoing, but yeah. I, I just I don't feel I, comfortable I, I, calling I always, it easy. I always keep hearing what a great head coach Ty Lu happens to be. I Okay, I, I think that's a little overrated personally, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think that it's going to be interesting to me because what we saw on Friday near the end of the season was Chris Paul is a spot-up shooter. So Chris Paul is a three-point shooter. 
This is going to be interesting. A three-point specialist. 13 of his last 23. <laughs> so crazy. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, right? Know, it probably, right? probably feels well, a lot more. He said exactly. he had to get used to getting those open looks. Yeah. He's getting used he's getting, to it. Yeah. So. He certainly yeah. is. So, yeah, I, I think uh, this is, this. I think history is going to show this to be a huge break for the Suns. Because if the Kings knock out the Warriors, and it might happen, mm-hmm. then, then you've really avoided, to me, what would have been the most problematic matchup. Yeah. All right, let's get to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're at the top of the NL West, guys. They took three out of four against the Dodgers over the weekend. They fell 5-2 on Thursday, and then on Friday, they won 6-3. Saturday, they won 12-8. Yesterday, they won 11-6. Here's Josh Rojas after yesterday's win on the Diamondbacks swapping roles with the Dodgers for once. I think the biggest thing is, you know, we were putting the pressure on. I felt like it was like the first time I've ever played the Dodgers where it felt like, you know, they they, they could feel the pressure, um, and there's nothing really they could do about it. I mean, it wasn't like we were, you know, smacking the ball over the place, just finding holes, not striking out, putting the ball in play, and, and then we got on base, just putting the pressure on. All right, on Friday's show, when Tim Ring was in for you, Dan Bickley, uh, we talked about wanting to see the Diamondbacks' bats wake up a little bit. Uh, they then went and produced 23 runs between Saturday's and Sunday's games. What impressed you two the most about the Diamondbacks over the weekend, over this series? How their offense just came to life, and when it did, it was just relentless, and it seemed to just to take the wind out of the Dodgers, and and to see the Dodgers kind of helpless in all of it was really kind of awesome. I think that I think just just how different that it, it, handling the Dodgers the way they did is just that's not a that's not a common occurrence as of late. No, um, I kind of what Josh Rojas said there, not smacking the ball all over the place, putting it in play. That's the key for the Diamondbacks' offense this year, and they had forty three hits in the last three games of that series against the Dodgers. Only four of them were home runs. Now, they did have a lot of doubles. They had 11 doubles and two triples, but really put pressure on the Dodgers on the base paths, and they kind of did what they do. Um, it was fun, It was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got the Brewers now starting tonight. We have a first pitch at 640. Zach Gallen and Wade Miley will be your pitchers tonight. That's going to be on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7, so make sure you are listening then. We've got to get to some golf. We don't often hear in the Rush Hour reboot, but golf. yes, ASU alum John Rahm won the Masters by four strokes yesterday. He beat out his fellow Sun Devil, Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka. They tied for second. Rahm had a final round three under 69. He finished 12 under on the tournament. And after the win, Rahm thanked another Valley athlete, Zach Ertz. <laughs> for his very unwelcome contributions for his first round play. For those people who believe in in jinxing other players, people, and whatever it may be, Thursday morning... When I was on my go- on getting on the golf cart to get to this putting ring 10 minutes before my tee time, I saw a text from a good friend of mine, and I'm going to name him because he is a Super Bowl winning champion, Zach Ertz. Um, he he said the text. I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase here, but he said that first green looking like a walk in the park or something like that right now. 10 minutes before I four putted to start the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to sarcastically thank him and was like, hey, excellent. don't do that again. And J.J. John Rom posted a screenshot and was like, yeah, I can confirm that happened. Uh, just tremendous moment. A very all-Valley moment. What did you guys think about Rom's weekend? Yeah, he, uh, I love the guy. He is charismatic. He is smart. He is well-spoken. He is a great ambassador for the game. He is Him and Rory have really kind of stood up to, to take over this tour ever since Liv happened. And as 
I said earlier, had John Rahm not done what he did yesterday, this would have been a very dark day for the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. The Masters would have been won by a live golfer, and and the d- leaderboard would have been dominated by a live golfer. Instead, people are talking about the domination of John Rahm. Yeah. Huge save for the PGA yeah. Tour. Uh, I totally agree with Bick, but also, did you see J.J. Watt's contributions to this text thread? I missed this. So, apparently, Zach Ertz started on this text thread between the three of them and said, let's have a day, John, start fast. J.J. Watt says, let's go, John, pretend you're playing with Zach and I, you'll set the course <laughs> record. And Zach Ertz then said, first hole green looks like a walk in the park. Um, then four putt to start the round, not ideal, horrendous. And then J.J. Watt added, I said, pretending you're playing with us, not like you're playing like us. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. That's great. Pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, great, great weekend for John yeah. Rahm. And Bick's right. I mean, this is a big win for, for the PGA Tour. Because that, uh, that head-to-head matchup with all the heat that we talked about going into it. Liv had a good weekend. Yeah. At least at the yeah. top. No, they yeah. did. There's and, no uh, doubting but, that. But they didn't get the jacket. That's what counts. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, Thank you, guys. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 730 where Sarah takes us through the big stories of the day. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the... Highlight of yesterday's festivities at Footprint Center happened at halftime. A tribute to the one and only Al McCoy. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. And I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV, a thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That was Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Suns uh, at halftime yesterday. Had to wait a little longer to get to that halftime ceremony because there was a weird delay in the game that lasted about 10 minutes. Yeah. Because a speaker had become dislodged and uh, they thought it might be a hazard, so they had to lower the speaker, take it off, and then uh, raise it back to the rafters. But well, what was weird about that incident to me, and Eddie Johnson even brought this up on the broadcast, was as they were bringing that thing down from the ceiling, it sounded like there was still full sound coming from it yeah. and it was like turn the music off stop vibrating that speaker <laughs> yeah, i didn't even think of that yeah and uh, as it came down you're like wow that doesn't look safe yeah it was it was right. hanging on by one right. clamp right left, exactly but, uh, we finally did get to right. the al mccoy expect ceremony that from the stadium across the street not footprints oh, oh, <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to go there um yeah listen al, al gave a great speech Great speech. He's very, very at home in that element. I thought it was very warm and heartfelt, and I yes. loved his message. Yes, loved and, and his message. Matt Ishbia, the current owner of the Sun, started things off, and I think kind of set the tone and said, "Look, I haven't been here that long. Let me hand it over to to Jerry Colangelo." And Jerry spoke about his relationship with Al, and Al in turn spoke about his relationship, long term relationship with Jerry Colangelo. What can I say? This is the gentleman that took me off a farm in Iowa and said I could be an NBA broadcaster, my dream. And Jerry let me live that dream. Thank you so much. A great friend, great mentor, great man, and certainly my hero through the years. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Colangelo was the guy as the general manager at that time of the Suns to, to make that hire. 
We uh, we need to make this this point very very clear because in the um, in in all of what is ahead of us, one of the cooler things it's not just winning a championship for Al McCoy, but but to me, I I feel so happy for Jerry that he is in a good place with the new owner. Yes. Um, when he came in and visited with us, I I, I just felt like he was a different man. I, I feel like his grace and his presence has been allowed back in the building, and 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 that is meaningful to me because it's meaningful to him. And the fact that he is now in a place, he'll never say this. He'll never say this. Um, but I think a lot of people would have struggled with the predecessor lifting an NBA trophy. And and I think that the fact that Matt Ishby has come in and made it a point to reach out to Jerry and say, listen, I, I not only am I aware of you, but I am in awe of you and and I would love to lean on you. I'd love for you to be my mentor. Said the magic words to him. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. So so there's that level. And that that struck me yesterday seeing Jerry on the court with Al. It's not just Al. It's Al and Jerry, if you ask me. I mean, these guys, again, these guys are walking monuments of history. I, yeah, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I was kind of just wrapped up in in the nostalgia of Mm -hmm. of the beginning of their relationship. But you're right. I mean, Jerry Colangelo is a day one guy from, from, the sons and, yeah. and and you bring up a good point it just seems like the static in that relationship and, and i mean how difficult would that be on an individual basis something that you helped build from the ground up that has turned into you know at the time of the sale the most the the, the, the most expensive sports franchise ever purchased Jerry Colangelo helped build that. So to have yeah. any kind of interference in that relationship right. with that organization would, would be really hard to deal well, with. Because for two reasons, not only because of the tensions that existed between Jerry and the previous owner that that made things very awkward and weird, but the fact that he sold the franchise before the crazy uh, volatile increase in franchise valuations. Yes. Yeah. People who are looking for justice and equity thought, okay, really, you can you can have a franchise that bad for ten years and you can walk away with one point five billion dollars. That's quite a deal. So, so to me, it, it, the organization and the roots kind of growing back out. You know, it's like it's like blades of grass that somehow come through concrete. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way it kind of Good feels to, to me. It. it feels very organic now, and it feels like the fact that Jerry is back and that, that Matt Ishby very easily defers to him, it's a very, very good thing, very rewarding thing to see yes. for me. And like you said, Al kind of stole the uh, stole the stage, as he can do, uh, with his speech at halftime. Here was more of it. Many, many years ago, the Suns were in Philadelphia to play a game. And I can't remember the arena that we were at. They had several there. But as I was walking through the arena, I saw something written on the wall. And I looked at it, and I read it, and I wrote it down. And I have it with me here this afternoon because it kind of exemplifies the way I'm feeling here today. And I wanted to read this to you. This is what I found on the wall at an arena in Philadelphia. And it said, to play the game is great. To win the game is greater. But to love the game is the greatest of all. In my 51 years 
have been the greatest of all. And then, of course, uh, Al had a message for the fans, too, that this isn't, uh, you know, th- this might be the this. day of the yeah. celebration yeah, this. of his career 51 years behind the microphone. But we have got a lot of basketball games to win, right? All right. So let's go. Shazam! <laughs> That's uh, well done. I, I was did he should have just dropped the mic. That would have been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> and just walked off and that have been badass. Yeah, and he, and, yeah, right. I mean, the way this is lining up with uh, you know, the Suns being maybe in position to win a championship. You want to talk about worth the wait. Fifty five oh. years for the franchise, fifty one years for him. Poof. It it does seem perfect, doesn't it? It does. Don't screw it up, sons. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lined up. And I look forward to talking with uh, Al McCoy Wednesday Absolutely. morning for our weekly visit with the uh, legendary voice of the Suns. Coming up next, he's had a couple days extra to craft this one, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> the Bickley Blast is up next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.